Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. This is a special episode, Jordan and Drew's March Madness Breakdown here. But before we get into that, we might have new listeners. We're going to have to introduce ourselves. My name is Jordan Lorenz. I'm a freshman at the UWGB Manitowoc campus, aspiring sports broadcaster. Drew Skyberg, the one and only, here with me today. Drew, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jordan. I'm ready to do our March Madness Breakdown. I'm ready to debate some... Uh questionable picks with you and let's get started with some of the news we got yeah i was gonna say before we get into our bracket we are having episode two is confirmed it's done we have our special guest robert shimmick will be on episode two with us talking ewc boys basketball and boy we recorded that days ago actually because i'm gonna go on vacation so we had to get it done make sure to give you guys the content but that trivia showdown at the end was probably one of the best things we've ever done in our short history so far so be sure to listen episode two coming up on monday drew any quick thoughts and comments you want to make on that episode come well, on i just want to note or shout out something that he did give us a special hint about what the ewc basketball page for their future so if you want to hear about this i recommend you listen to that episode because you're gonna hear something that is gonna make you go crazy yeah there's a big inside scoop on that episode coming up we get the scoops here at Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. So we're going to start things off. Drew and I were wrong. We wrongly predicted that Aaron Jones was not going to be back as a Green Bay Packer, but oh boy, I was uh, a little lost for words when I saw Aaron Jones is back for a four-year deal worth $48 million with a $13 million signing bonus. So Aaron Jones back with the Packers. Our three-headed monster is back, but the Packers, they have lost Corey Lindsley. Lindsley just signed a five-year, $62.5 million deal with the Chargers. He's the highest paid center in the league. He's guaranteed $26 million over his first two years. I mean, Lindsley had, we knew Lindsley was going to cost a lot of money. We knew Jones was going to cost a lot of money. We knew we wouldn't be able to get them both most likely unless we signed Jones to like a one-year deal, which we knew wasn't going to happen. So Drew, we picked Jones over Lindsley. Terrible decision. I just I, I don't understand really from the Packers front office aspect what we're doing because when you have AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams, which we discussed this, like why wouldn't you be confident in those two, which they proved they they could they could split the time for next season, but instead you let Corey Lindsley walk, who is like the number one graded center in Pro Football Focus, and it's like why would you do that? And I, it just baffles me as a fan, and I know it baffles you, and it's like it's just tough. It really is. I mean, you're. Jones is getting $48 million. So Jones, Bakhtiari, and Rogers themselves are taking up so much money for this team. And obviously Rogers, Bakhtiari, those are big gets. Jones, I just we talked about this. Like you said, I don't think we needed him that much. He's not worth $48 million to us, is what I should say, because he's worth he's a good, really good running back. He's obviously worth that much money. But to us as the Packers organization, We've got other guys. We just didn't really need them. And I think this we're, we might regret this down the line. If Aaron Rodgers gets sacked a lot more this year, he's getting up there in age. And if we don't have good protection for him, we might be in a little bit of trouble because he's certainly not mobile like he used to be. I'm Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. On that. And I think we'll, we'll see how it goes in the season. We'll see how it works. But right now, we th- I think they made the wrong decision. I think you feel the same. Yeah, that's what we're going with right now. But it's pretty early to tell I don't even know who else do you even know who we have for a center right now other than Lindsley well I know that they have a lot of depth with like Elton Jenkins I know he's been like they would they have a lot of depth like moving around and I think yeah he's a potential center candidate but again I don't know how it all works with because they have people from the practice squad and it's there's a lot of moving parts in football as we know so I'm not really sure 
Yeah, and other than that, something we are sure about, Drew B- Drew, oh, Drew Brees' career has come to an end. He officially announced his retirement. Drew Brees, one of the best, but he's not the GOAT. You know, we're not going to call Drew Brees the greatest of all time, but he's certainly up there. He ended up losing his final game to Tom Brady. I thought that was very fitting, and it's just a bad loss to go out. The Saints, they had more potential in them, but really no shame in losing to the team that won the Super Bowl. Drew Brees has officially retired, and now the Saints, did you see the deal? They gave away now. I did I see that, which the deal, or something like that. The deal is kind of misleading due to like how how it's structured because like all the years are like voidable, so it's like it's based on obviously like if he performs, like if he doesn't perform, he's not going to get that money. But like absolutely not. If if he performs, and I just I could believe that they like they they're confident in him performing. They're going to give out like something like that. I feel so. I'm like, yeah. I thought it was like 140 million dollars. It's four wrong, years, 140 but... million. Correct. Yeah, yeah. With how it all works, it's going to save the Saints over 7.5 million against the cap this year. And yeah, like how we said, it's all voidable. And a lot of people on Twitter were just like bashing this deal, like it's over. Oh, big. Which I mean, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but like they got to realize how like the voidable contract works. Where like. All four years are, so he, he might not end up getting all that money. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you just read the headline and then don't read anything else, you're obviously going to have one opinion. But if you educate yourself, you'll have something totally different. I did a research paper on that earlier this semester at the center, so fun stuff. Other than that, our last big thing we want to talk about before we get to this bracket, Drew's not a big boxing guy, but the biggest fight in boxing, the biggest fight they could possibly make right now has been signed, and it's very interesting, a two-fight contract between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. So they're not just fighting once. These two are going to end up fighting twice. A big red flag right away to start. They have 30 days to get the signing of where and when this first bout is going to take place. If they don't get that done in 30 days, we might not even have this matchup between Fury and Joshua. We've been waiting a long time for this to happen, and it's just one of those things where it better happen because boxing is hit or miss in my opinion i'm not like the biggest boxing guy in the world but anytime there's a big fight i'm always sure to follow it and there's no bigger fight right now than the unification belt between fury and joshua so the first fight's going to have a 50 50 split in the contract and then the second fight has a 60 40 split so whoever wins that first fight which in my opinion you heard it here first that first fight's going to end in a draw no matter what because boxing is rigged and no matter what happens that fight is going to be a draw. I can almost guarantee it because that's exactly what happened with Fury and Wilder in their first fight. So if this thing goes to a decision, I I would put money on it that that fight ends in a draw. But then the second fight is a 60-40 split. So the winner of that first fight would get 60% of the purse. The loser would get 40%. I mean, with the amount of money these two are going to make off of these fights, there's no shame in losing 10% of the purse. They want June or July for the first fight to take place and then November or December for the second fight, just to get you all updated at home. If you're unsure of what's going on here, Tyson Fury, he is 31 fights in his career. He's 30 and one. That one draw came with the Deontay Wilder decision back in 2018. So a few years ago, but Fury, his last fight was against Wilder and he eventually that loss. He knocked out Deontay Wilder in the seventh round. Then you got Anthony Joshua, a man who is 24 and one. Joshua, if you don't remember, he got stunned by Andy Ruiz Jr. way back in middle or middle of 2019. So it wasn't way back, but that fight was crazy. Ruiz Jr. was like a nine to one underdog or something like that. He ended up knocking out Joshua, but Joshua's won two straight. He's back on his throne, and we're finally getting the big, big fight between Fury and Joshua. And 
for all of you who've been waiting, we're finally getting to our bracket. It's happening now. We're going to get things going here. I've got a paper bracket in hand, but I've got a bracket on ESPN. I just named it Jordan Drew, the sports crew, because I told Drew before, if we ended up with a perfect bracket somehow, we want this to be online because they're not going to believe us otherwise. So, Drew, are you ready? I am super ready. I'm excited to debate some picks with you. Let's go. So we're going to start in the West. How's that sound? Top left. We're going to go good. with the West. We're going to start with Gonzaga against either Norfolk State or Appalachian State. Some of these picks are going to take a lot longer than others, but this one, without a shadow of a doubt, Gonzaga. Do you say I'm Gonzaga my or Gonzaga? I say Gonzaga. Okay, I think that's what it's Obviously, supposed to be. Hear, yeah, but, I hear mean, both it, ways. Yeah, I hear it both ways constantly. So our next pick is that tricky 8-9 matchup. We've got Oklahoma and Missouri. Oklahoma at 15-10 and 10 on the year. Missouri 16-9. and 9. What are we thinking? I'm thinking I'm going to go with my Sooners. I feel like yep. they, they have a lot of wins against top 10 ranked teams. I believe they have like four, four or five. And, they, I, and it all came in the same month. They beat four, it, yep. count, four top 10 teams in the same month. I feel like, yeah, I feel like if you can beat really good teams, I feel like that's going to be good in March because you're going to play really good teams. They're going to need it for sure. So, yeah, we'll go with Oklahoma there. So now we have that Oklahoma and Gonzaga matchup coming up. Next, Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. I'm taking those Santa Barbara, that Santa Barbara team, because they're like 22 and four, which record misleading to play in a weaker conference, but they can score, they can shoot. And Creighton just got demolished by Georgetown, 73 to 48 in the Big East Championship. They really didn't put up a fight. And I just feel like, I don't know, you got to play your best basketball in March. Creighton's not playing good basketball at all recently. And I just feel like, 12, the 12 versus the five. I feel like this, that's the seed this year that there's going to be a lot of upsets in. So I think so too, because we'll get to it. I think Winthrop is almost a lock over Villanova. Villanova is suffering right now. We'll get to that. So I also do agree. UC Santa Barbara should beat Creighton. We'll lock that in. And you mentioned Georgetown. We'll get to them, but it's one of those things where people, you know, they like to look at records. So if they see like a lower seed that has a good record, I'm trying to find one, but like say there's a seed that's here, 14 seed Abilene Christian, right? They're taking yeah. a number three Texas. That team is 23 and four. So, like, just based off records, sometimes it's a little deceiving. In this UC Santa Barbara team, they're 22 and four. Little deceiving. But, like you said, Creighton, they're down right now. And we're going with the 12 seed to win. And then this next one, I'm not a huge Virginia fan. So, in one of my brackets, I predicted Ohio over Virginia. I don't think we're going to do that here, though. I think Virginia takes the first game, but they do have COVID issues. So it's kind of up in the air if they're even going to get to play or not. Yeah, so I'm I'm taking Virginia here, but I, I can totally see Ohio coming out with a victory in this game. I think what we're going to do is pick Virginia, and then we'll pick UC Santa Barbara over them when we get to the second round. But we'll get there when we get there. That's Potentially. a thought. And then next, USC is going to take on the winner of Wichita State and Drake. USC 22-7 and seven on the year. Those first four games are actually always a ton of fun to watch because they have something to play for. Oh. I don't think USC is losing this game, though. Do you? I don't think so either. I feel like, the, yeah, like we just said, the 11 seed games are craziest here. We'll talk about UCLA, Michigan State coming up. I have a lot. To- oh, boy. That's a big one. So next, anyone who knows, well, not anyone who knows, but I'm a big Kansas fan, right? 
And Kansas is a struggling team this year. They started off the year losing to Gonzaga, and then they were looking pretty good. But then, boy, did they just plummet from there. Nothing was going well. They haven't done a whole lot. They had to withdraw from the Big 12 tournament. Them and Virginia both have some big COVID issues. So both teams have big question marks. I don't think Kansas loses the first round, but I don't think they're going to get too far this year. Kansas no. safe pick for us. Kansas is a safe pick, yes. Uh, but, you know, like what you just said, I, I think they could go one and done, win, win a game and then. Very likely. I'm not against that. I'm a big Kansas guy, but I got to be realistic here. It's certainly not going to be their year to win the tournament. Uh, the 7-10 matchup, Oregon 20-6 and six against VCU 19-7. and seven. Kind of tough to predict. Yeah, these, are we going to take the 7? I'm not I'm not sure. These are toss-ups. The 7-10s are yeah. really big toss-ups this year. You can... What do you, what do you, who do you think? I'm not sure. I'm, I think Oregon is going to get this one. I think that's a, it's not a safe bet, but I don't, I don't think VCU's done a whole lot. I mean, looking at ESPN right now, they're 0-1 against top 25 teams. They are 55th in the BPI rank. Let's see. Oh. So they've lost to West Virginia by 12. They beat Memphis by 11, beat St. Louis by two, beat Utah State by 16. And then they're one and two against St. Bonaventure. Eh. Oregon no. beat Seton Hall by 13, beat UCLA by 8. They oh, we'll beat Colorado. Oregon? Yeah, we'll, we'll take that, I think, in there. And then our final matchup, Iowa against Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, a fun 17-6 and six seed. I don't think we've seen them in the tournament a whole lot, but Iowa, pretty easy dub here with Luca Garza. Oh, of course. So the next question is, do we want to stick with uh, the West and finish that out first, or do we want to do all the first round and then go back? Let's finish the West. Let's just take it. Okay. I, I like that decision. Gonzaga and Oklahoma going at it. One seed and eight seed Gonzaga. They're not going to lose to Oklahoma, are they? I don't think so either, Jordan. I think I think they have a shot to go perfect, but I don't think they will. I think they'll make it pretty close. I think we're going to have a Gonzaga and Illinois final too, but we're going to get to that when we get there. And I think we're going to have to do a coin toss for who wins because I don't know if we're going to come to a decision on that. So Gonzaga over Oklahoma. We briefly mentioned this before, UC Santa Barbara against Virginia. We going with the 12 seed in the Sweet 16? We got to go with the 12. Let's do it. This is our Cinderella team, UC Santa Barbara. Just for those of you who are unaware, they're 22 and 4. They only allow 62.8 points per game. They put up 76.5 points per game. One of the big things, though, they haven't played a top 25 team all year. So that's a little iffy there, but... It's March and crazy things happen in March. So we've got a 12 seed in the Sweet 16. Now our big decision is USC going to beat Kansas. I'm not against saying they will. Yes, USC is going to do it. All right. So we've got USC in the Sweet 16 and then Iowa over Oregon. Pretty easy bet there. I think Iowa wins that too. Okay. So then we're going back to the top. Gonzaga is not going to lose to UC Santa Barbara out of all teams, are they? Nope. Gonzaga's got a pretty easy path, in my opinion, to the final four, but it depends if like we've got a hot Kansas and a hot Virginia team that go far. And then this Iowa team too, I think Iowa beats USC, but Iowa's kind of hit or miss. I really want to like this team. I really want to like Iowa and get behind them, but they're just very inconsistent. They've got Luca Garza, who is, it's impossible to bet against Luca Garza, but in a way it's just almost a one man team, dare I say. And it, yeah, I think I'm, we go Iowa Gonzaga. I I'm a little on the fence there. Like I pick I picked um USC in my other bracket, but again, I mean Iowa. You're right; they do have Luca Garza, but like they got a uh, USC is Mobley, and I mean he he's a stud Pac-12 Player of the Year. I think I don't know. I think it'll be a good game. We could go Iowa here. 
But you know, I'm just saying I won't be surprised I just think to see one. Sure, sure. I can I can agree with that. But I think we do go Iowa. Iowa just has more experience against better teams. They're eight and five against oh, top twenty five yeah. teams this year. USC's one and one. So So yeah, especially the Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten is stacked this year. So Iowa has eight losses, but they're against so they lost to Gonzaga by eleven, lost to Ohio State, lost to Michigan, lost to Illinois twice. Um, those are their big losses. So that's what there's two, three, four, five losses right there. Two to Illinois, one to Michigan, one to Ohio State, one to Gonzaga, all one and two seeds. I was only losing to pretty good teams, in my opinion. Yeah. So then are we going to go with Iowa over Gonzaga? Should we no, have a surprise no. final four? Okay. No, Gonzaga. Gonzaga in the final four. Yeah. That's a lock. We've got our first final four team secured. Let's go down the bracket. Now we'll finish off the left side. So we're going to the east section of our bracket Michigan will be playing either Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern Michigan I out of all the one seeds Michigan is the most vulnerable I don't think we're going to yes. see Michigan in the final four maybe nope. not even in the elite eight it no depends. I totally I think they're the one seed who gets upset and I don't know what yep. but I think I, I don't think we I don't think we see them in the elite eight I think they make it maybe to the sweet 16 potentially I've also, in one of my brackets, I had LSU over Michigan. It's not like that's going to happen, but it's just one of those things. But I think it's a possibility. So are we going LSU over St. Bonaventure? I think LSU got screwed, and they should have been higher than an eight. Yeah, I think LSU is a sleeper eight. I'm pretty sure they made it to the SEC championship. Yeah, they did. They played Emma very well. And I think they they could knock off the one. I think, yeah, I think that's what we're going to probably put in this bracket, but. Can we just talk about how crazy it is that LSU and Alabama are in the SEC championship in college basketball? Like this isn't football. Like, like yes, what are these two yes, doing that here? that blew my mind, and I'm like, like there, that just shows how like their men's their men's programs have been incredible. Both yeah, sports crazy good as of late. So our next one, I think we have another 12-5 upset: Georgetown and Colorado. Georgetown is hot. This is oh. one of those teams. Their record is 13 and 12. They may not look like a good team. They just beat four teams to win the Big East tournament, including some very good teams, one of which Villanova, who they stunned right away. Are we going, George? I think this is very tough because Colorado is a good team, but Georgetown is hot right now. I'm I'm going Georgetown. And the way I was like, of course, I'm going to throw Marquette in here. They played Marquette, and I thought I thought Marquette was an easy lock in that game. They lost by like 20. They beat Marquette beat them in the start of the year and it just that georgetown team looked completely different and i'm just watch out watch out colorado because i think that 12 seed could go for like maybe a sweet 16 run or something crazy because they were maybe we have two 12s in the sweet 16 who knows but florida state and unc greensboro greensboro sorry they're 21 and 8 and florida state 16 and 6 florida state some people are saying they're a sleeper at the four seed, they're 2-0 against top 25 teams, average almost 80 points a game. They beat Virginia by 21, beat North Carolina twice, Georgia Tech once, Clemson. They beat Louisville and Florida. So UNCG hasn't played any top 25 teams. Florida State here, the four seed? I'm taking Florida State. Yeah, that's a hard one to pick. But I in one of my brackets, I'm pretty sure I had Georgetown and UNC Greensboro because like, if you're just going to have Florida State lose the next round, like, why not risk it? But in here, we're going to pick Florida State. And now here we go. Here's your big talking point. point. BYU against Michigan State or UCLA. What a what a crazy thing. That's, have that's Michigan a, State and UCLA in a first four game. That's incredible. I'm I, I'm not even sure who's going to win that 11th, that play-in game. So 
the I think I think UCLA wins that play-in game. Uh, but I and then I think I think whoever wins that playing game, I think they're gonna beat BYU. I don't know who's gonna, I don't know who's gonna beat them, but who's gonna win? But I think either Michigan State or UCLA is gonna at least make it to the round of thirty-two. I think that is a very safe bet. UCLA seventeen and nine on the year. And just a little update here. I had some other things written down. The team averages 23 games played per year. So like when I'm reading some of these records, some teams only have like, like Iona, when we'll get to them, they're 12 and five. So they've only played 17 games, but then you've got teams like Gonzaga who've played 26, Loyola Chicago played 28, Oregon state played 29. It's all over this place, but it's a miracle that we even made it to this point. I have no problems with teams not playing an even number of games. It made the selection committee's job a lot harder, but as a fan, I can't thank them enough for actually giving us March Madness this year. And we're here on the bracket. We're in the east side. Our 3-14 and 14 matchup is Texas and that Abilene Christian team. They're 23-4, and four, Texas 19-7. and seven. Texas is kind of a scary three seed. I would totally agree. I think Texas, I, I've seen some of my friends' brackets. They got Texas winning it all. I mean, Texas could totally be a sleeper team, and I think they come out and beat this. They win this game. Texas could be one of our final four teams. We'll see. I really like UConn this year for their boys program. I think they're doing very well, but a lot of people are predicting Maryland over UConn in one of my brackets. I had UConn over Alabama, actually. I'm not a huge fan of Alabama, but it's not like that could, it could happen. I'm not too sure. UConn was uh, 15 and seven on the year, Maryland 16 and 13. So who are we going to go with in the 7-10? I'm with you. I like UConn. I mean, the Big East hasn't really been the same it, it is in years past. And I feel like because Maryland, they can make the argument with how they've had a they've played a harder schedule with the Big Ten, of course. But I just I feel like UConn's a safe a safe bet here. I just with how they perform this year because now they've gotten moved to the Big East after not being in it for like 20 years. I I think that they're gonna win this game. I would have to agree with that. Maryland, they lost to Michigan three times this year, lost Iowa by 22, lost to Ohio State, even lost to Wisconsin and Rutgers once. So Maryland's kind of losing some poor games. UConn, a safe bet there. And then Alabama over Iona for sure, right? No question. Yeah, I like Alabama this year. I really do. So then we've got our 1-8, Michigan LSU. What are are we thinking here? LSU. LSU, we're going to go with it? Yes. I don't mind. I don't mind it at all. I think LSU is a dangerous team. I mean, I don't think they're going to have a problem getting past St. Bonaventure. Michigan is not that great of a one seed. Like we mentioned before, LSU, we're going with the big upset. Eight over one there in the round of 32. Georgetown, Florida State. That is a big one here. If we could potentially have a final four Florida State team, or we could have another 12 seed in the Sweet 16. What are you thinking, Jordan? Let's hear what you think. I was going to say we have Florida State and Texas in the Elite Eight. But if I, you're if you're with Georgetown, I'm not, I'm not picking them. No, I, I – George, you know, all good things have to come to an end. I think Georgetown's their miracle because they, they wouldn't have made the tournament. They would not have made the big dance if they would have not won the Big East tournament. And I think – I don't think they're winning this game. Yeah, I think with Florida State, good bet there against Georgetown. But, yeah, five games in a row for Georgetown to win, basically to close their season and then – No shame in losing to Florida State, Texas against Michigan State or UCLA. Texas we're going with here, but that's a dangerous matchup for the Texas. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Texas wins that, but I think Michigan State or um, UCLA is going to pull a fight. Absolutely, and I think that's 
for 11 six wise, those are kind of always interesting to pick as well. That's probably the easiest 11 six lock is that Michigan State UCLA over over BYU. Then we got UConn, Alabama, UConn, they were 15 and seven on the year, Alabama, 24 and six. You like Alabama. We can I love pick Alabama. Here. They're athletic. They can score. They can they can defend. I just I think that Alabama team could make the final four. I have them making the final four in my bracket. We can debate that later, but we'll get there in a minute. Yeah. First, we've got our eight seed against the four seed. So LSU against Florida State. LSU a good team. They just beat Michigan. But what do we think? Florida State? It's tough. That's a that's a toss-up. Um, you're right. It really is. Florida State's really a sleeper, and I I just I don't know. I, I think Florida State can win that, and LSU could certainly win it too. That's why it's like, yeah, pick. If you're looking at Alabama, they lost. Or pardon me. If you're looking at LSU, they lost to Alabama three times. They beat Arkansas twice. Beat Tennessee. Lost to Florida. Lost to Texas Tech. They beat Ole Miss and Missouri. Well, they beat Ole Miss twice. Missouri once. LSU two and five against top twenty-five teams. Florida State two and zero. Oh. But I mean, you've got LSU who's putting up eighty-two point one points per game. In one of these games, their shooting's not going to be as well, and that could be here. Should we go Florida State? I think Florida State. You bring up the rankings. I think I think Florida State's safer. Than... Yeah, it, that's a tough one. If we do get that matchup, that is going to be a tough one. And then a big game between Texas and Alabama, old football clash. But here in the March Madness tournament, these two teams going at it. Nineteen and seven Texas, twenty four and six Alabama. Listen to this. Texas is seven and six against top 25 teams. They played 13 13? top 25 teams during the course of the year. And they're putting wow. up 75 points a game. Texas has also beat Kansas twice. Something to keep in mind. Yeah, that that's a tough, that, that game. That might be one we do a coin toss for. Do you want to do it? I think we coin toss it. All right. So I'm going to ask Siri right now. I hope you can hear. I'm going to ask her to flip a coin. Heads is Alabama because they're the two seed. So. Heads is going to be Alabama. Tails is going to be Texas. Flip a coin. It's tails this time. Did you hear that? Yes, we heard it's tails. Yes. So Texas is going into the Elite Eight. Is it going to be Texas or Florida State in the Final Four against Gonzaga? Texas. I like that pick. Texas in the Final Four. So we've got Gonzaga, the one seed, and Texas, the three seed. Now we'll pick the Final Four when we get there. So we're going to go up to the top. For the south side, starting on the right, Baylor, 22-2 and two on the year. I like Baylor. They are a good team, and they are playing Hartford. People are sleeping on Baylor as a one seed. I'm just saying they're going to get the win over Hartford. We don't even need to debate that. But then we've got our UNC and Wisconsin game. This is a nine-seed Wisconsin. These two teams, I mean, this could have been like a Final Four matchup years ago, but here they are meeting in the first round, almost a toss-up in my opinion. But I think we should pick Wisconsin just because they're our only team left. I think I think Wisconsin's gonna win that game. Um, I I watched UNC play a couple weeks ago against Marquette, and they they could they could score, but like the defense, it's just I I don't think they're gonna do well against Wisconsin. They're really not gonna match up well, and I think I think they're gonna lose. I agree with that. UNC just not what they used to be. Neither is Wisconsin for that matter. But Wisconsin's played twelve top twenty five teams this year. That shows how stacked the Big Ten is. They're three and nine in. Yeah against top 25 teams, 10 and 10 in conference. So certainly not a good year for Wisconsin. Here's our another 12-5 upset, Winthrop over Villanova. This is not a good Villanova team at all. Yeah, especially um, in the Big East this year. I mean, they won, they won the Big East conference, um, not the tournament, but they won the conference. And I feel like, like what you said, it's not a same Villanova team that we usually see. Like, it's still a good team, don't get me wrong. I feel like 
they, they could still certainly beat Winthrop, but like this is the this is our year where we think the twelve beats the five a lot. Like I think three out of the four, maybe even four out of four. So yeah, we've picked three of the twelve so far. We're three for three in picking twelve. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Winthrop. Uh, just a little interesting note. Last year, three 12 seeds beat the five seeds. So if we have that happen again, we've picked three of them. So there's that. And also just something very, very interesting. Teams seeded five or lower have made the final four in nine of the last 10 tournaments. So we haven't picked a five or lower seed in the final four, but nine of the last 10 years, there's been a seed five or lower that's made the final four. Very interesting. Wow. Purdue and North Texas is our next matchup. North Texas, 17-9. Purdue, 18-9. They match up kind of close on paper, but Purdue's playing some Purdue. tough, tough teams. Purdue, for sure. Texas Tech and Utah State. Texas Tech, 17-10. Utah State, 20-8. I'm not, I'm not against an upset, but I think Texas Tech is a very underrated six seed. I am with you. I think they could make, possibly go Elite Eight I, or even. I think that might be bold, but I think they could, be, they could make a run. I think they're going to beat Arkansas in the next round. We'll talk about it when we get there, but we're going with Texas Tech. Should we be bold and pick Colgate over Arkansas? Is that something to consider? Colgate's only played 15 games on the oh. year. Their record might look good, but I don't Small know if it's worth size. it. Small size. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm going to go Arkansas. We can do that. Colgate has put up 86.3 points per game in their 15 games, so they're putting up crazy numbers. It's going to be a shootout, it seems like. We'll go with the three seed. We've got Florida. Taking on Virginia Tech, Florida is 14-9, Virginia Tech 15-6. and six. This is a close game on paper because the records are so close. Virginia Tech 4-0 and against top 25 teams. Let's, not let's against picking the 10 seed. Let's, let's Virginia Tech. Here. Yeah, I can go with that. It's not like they're going to beat Ohio State anyways because Ohio State's certainly going to win that game against Oral Roberts. So now back up to the top, Baylor and Wisconsin. If this was any other year, we could have picked Wisconsin, but not this year. Nope, Baylor. And then Purdue over Winthrop. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yep. So we've got one versus four coming up. Texas Tech, we kind of talked about this. The Aggies over Arkansas. I think it's a bold pick, but it's one Let's that's do it. worth, worth, worth doing. We've got our six seed in there, and then Ohio State over Virginia Tech for sure, huh? Yeah. So now we're looking at our Elite Eight here in this, well, the Sweet 16 in this side, I don't know why I said Elite Eight. Baylor versus Purdue, the one four seed. I see no reason not to pick Baylor. I'm with you. So then we've got Texas Tech and Ohio State. Do the Aggies make the Elite Eight, or should we go one-two? Let's go one-two. I agree with that decision. Ohio State and Baylor now. I'm not against picking Ohio State in the final four here. I picked Baylor to win in a different bracket, but to switch things up, what do we it's, think about Ohio State? I, I don't They're know. I picked a- I picked Ohio state in one bracket. I picked Baylor in the other. And I'm, I'm really, that, that's one of those games that I'm like, shoot, that's really a toss up. That's a big one. We could flip a coin again. Flip it. All right. I mean, Ohio state's coming off that very close loss to Illinois. So flip a coin. Heads. Heads as it is. So Baylor is going to our final four because heads is the high seed, tails is the low seed. That's what we did before. Not against Baylor in the final four. It, that like you said, that was really a toss-up. Illinois over yeah. Drexel, no question about it. This is a fun eight-nine matchup between Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech. I love me some Loyola Chicago. In one of my brackets, I hate this. I picked Loyola Chicago over Illinois. We won't do that here, but it's something to consider. I think Loyola Chicago beats Georgia Tech, but it's a close I, game. That that game was a toss-up. I picked Georgia Tech in my other bracket, but it's Loyola Chicago. I'm cool with taking them here. 
Wow. They're hot in the tournament. I think they have the third best winning percentage in the tournament. I'm pretty oh, sure wow. I saw that out of all teams. So they're always a low seed, but they just always find ways to win. It's incredible to watch. This, I think, is our five seed, the only five seed to win, Tennessee over Oregon State. Oregon State, they're not a bad 12 seed. Tennessee's not a great five seed either, but I think it's a safe bet picking Tennessee to beat Oregon State. Yeah, I'm with you. And then do we go with a Liberty Flames over Oklahoma State? Nope. I just wanted to see your reaction. I that. love my Cade Cunningham. He is he's a stud. I think they're gonna go. To, they're gonna play Illinois in the Sweet Sixteen, but we'll, we'll we'll wait till we get there. We'll get there when we get there. I mean, it's we've got our one eight four five for picking the high seeds so far. I love the six seed, the San Diego State. I really like them. I don't think they lose to Syracuse. Syracuse has been down for a while, so yeah, San Diego State. West Virginia is a feisty three seed. Let me tell you, these guys are good. They're 18 and nine on the year, only five and seven against top 25 teams. But when you look at some of their games, they split the series with Kansas. They lost to Gonzaga by five. They beat our Texas Tech team twice. They went one and one against Kansas. I mean, they've, and they lost to Baylor by five as well. So they lost to two one seeds by five points this year. And I think West Virginia over Moorhead State is a lock. Yeah. Clemson 16 and 7, Rutgers 15 and 11. Bit of a toss up here in the 7 10 again. Should we pick the 10? Because why not? Yeah, let's, let's go, Rutgers. Why not? They're playing in the Big Ten. They're, oh boy, Rutgers is 1 and 7 against top 25 teams, but that's okay. Let's do it. Um, Clemson only averages 65.38 points a game. So something to consider there as we picked Rutgers over. Houston and Cleveland State. Houston 24 and 3. I think Houston's the worst two seed in this tournament. I am totally with you. I mean, it sucks like the conference they're in. So it's really, you know, it's tough to like show how good you are when you don't play as good competition as other, other teams. So I think they are. And I, I don't know. I'm not sure how far they make it. I don't think they beat West Virginia. No. Look at there. I have some breaking news right here. Breaking news. Six referees have been sent home from Indiana right now. It says six oh referees have been sent home from NCAA tournament due to one positive COVID-19 test due to COVID or due to contact tracing. They just sent five other guys home. Oh, hopefully we can have our games Friday. Yeah, that is bad. Yeah. One ref went rogue, I guess, and decided he was going to live his life. Now we've got Illinois and Loyola Chicago. We'll go with Illinois here, but don't, don't bet against Loyola Chicago. Love Illinois. Next, Oklahoma State over Tennessee. I think that's basically yes. a lock. I don't think Tennessee is going to do a whole lot this tournament, but who knows that they could be a surprise. I'm not against picking San Diego State over West Virginia. They're a fun six seed, but that would mean we have San Diego State in the Elite Eight, which is risky. Yeah, I'm not, I, I think West Virginia. West Virginia, and then we got Houston over Rutgers for sure. Going yeah. back to the top. So we're boring in this one. We got This is like almost the most straightforward side is the Midwest. It seems like all the high seeds are yeah. doing pretty good. Besides we picked the 10 over seven. That was our only big upset until we get here, Illinois and West Virginia. I think, is that going to be our elite eight? Yeah. Illinois, West Virginia, for sure. And then Illinois going over West Virginia. Yeah. Can't even try to convince you out of that one. No. So our, our final four, for those of you who somehow, if you just joined us for whatever reason, if you skipped ahead because you're, Weird like that. I don't know. Gonzaga against Texas and then Baylor versus Illinois. I think Gonzaga in the championship is a lock. Them over Texas. Yes. 
And now we've got Baylor, Illinois. I told you from the start, I thought that Gonzaga in Illinois was going to be our final. And here we are. Is that what we're going with? We're going with it. And then we got to flip that coin. We're going to flip the coin, but just a few notes about Gonzaga real quick. We mentioned it before. They beat Iowa, Kansas, and Virginia this year. So Virginia was obviously ranked way higher at the time. Gonzaga has won 23 games by double digits, 23 consecutive, I should say, by Ooh. double digits. Yep. Just, yep. They're seeking to become the first preseason favorite to win since 2009 when North Carolina did it. And they want to be that first undefeated team to win the tournament since 1976 when Indiana went 32-0 on the year. Impressive. We're going we're gonna to flip the coin here. Just another little quick note beforehand. The last one-versus-one-seed final was back in 2017 when Gonzaga was in it against North Carolina. So we're leaving it in the hands of Siri, who wins our national championship. I, I'm not a big Illinois fan, but I think they're going to go far in this tournament. I think that this is Gonzaga's tournament to lose. I said it from the start. They've beaten top teams this year. They're playing so well. They've won 23 consecutive games by double digits. That's insane. That's incredible. Wait, who's heads and who's tails? Or... That is a good question. We'll go. Do you want heads? You, your Illinois can be heads. Illinois heads. Let's do it. All right. Flip a coin. Heads. Yeah. Illinois is the winner. I shouldn't have given it to you. I shouldn't have done it. So Illinois wins. Now you get to pick the tiebreaker score just because that's what ESPN wants. All right. So Illinois I, is going to beat Gonzaga, and the score is? As you know, I picked the score for our EWC trivia, which that will be. We'll get there. Yeah, that's. You'll, you guys will see that. And let's just say I picked the wrong score. Hate to spoil. Um, here we go. I'm going to go 75-69. All right. So a six-point win for Illinois in a high-scoring college championship game it's on april 5th the championship and that is it illinois is winning jordan and drew the sports crew bracket all thanks to siri that'd be really fun if we did a whole bracket heads or tails but we're not going to do that we don't have time for that that would be this is already long. long enough yeah that said we will be back um this coming monday for episode two it is happening we can confirm that we have the big robert chimic on for an interview can't wait it's going to be very, 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 very good episode. You don't want to miss it. Coming up this coming Monday at 8 a.m. Subscribe on your Apple podcast feed. Leave that five-star review. I know we got a lot of people listening on Spotify as well. Nothing wrong with that. Just give us that subscription on Apple Podcasts. Totally free. It's not going to hurt you at all. You'll get it in your feed each and every Monday. Drew, any other final things to wrap this up? Illinois, that's all, fighting that, the line eye. That's all I got. I just... Get ready for next Monday. Exciting episode. Very much, very fun. Like we already talked about the trivia. You do not want to miss it. There's so, a few audio issues here and there, but we did an interview. It was our first time doing an interview. We'll get it all fixed. There's nothing to worry about. You'll hear just it's microphone cutting in and out once in a while, but you can still hear what he's saying. There's no big problems there. If we would have had terrible issues, we would have just scrapped the thing because we're professional now. We don't want to give bad content out. Like we said before, we're working on it. We're going to try and get things better. Thank you all for supporting us so far. We will. This is one of our bonus episodes, like my UFC recaps. I mean, I'll probably recap um, Fury and Joshua as well, because that's a big time fight when we ended up getting there. Other than that, we will have a March Madness recap, a review coming up after the whole tournament. We'll talk about our bracket here. And then we'll talk about some of our other brackets that we made. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Law underscore PXP stands to play by play. Got that from the late great Brian Anderson. Drew, 
You can follow me on Twitter, DrewSky160, and that's all I got. Jordan. Thank you for listening to this episode, this bonus episode, Jordan and Drew's March Madness Breakdown. This has been Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.